mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator. With me, as always, is Sean P. Say hello, Sean P. Guys, what's up? So we're here on Wednesday to discuss the kind of a big deal event that happened with Google on Tuesday, October 4th, and that was their big hardware announcement. This will be part one of a two-part podcast where we will cover pretty much everything that came down during the event. The first part will be to cover the Pixel phones that were announced, the Pixel and the Pixel XL. Part two will discuss all the other hardware that was announced uh, with Google uh, and some software stuff as well, but we'll separate these into two different pieces because I think the Pixel phones will probably take up the bulk of our topic of conversation and then we'll switch over and cover the rest of the hardware. Uh, And the Pixel phones also will be the most immediately available devices from Google coming. So um, we'll talk a little about the stuff that you can get your hands on a little bit sooner and then we'll save the second part for the stuff that is coming out a little bit later on this year. So without further ado, you ready, Sean? Let's go. So Google's event uh, was was pretty big if you're really invested in the Android ecosystem. Um, the most recent um, quick recap is up at silicontheory.com, and you can have some pictures and some of our initial thoughts on what happened during the event. But we're going to spend the next little bit talking about these devices. So a quick recap of what we're talking about. Most of this information was covered already and was very accurate from the leaks that we'd seen previously. But uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time, Google has now branded phones that they're calling made by Google, although they are technically manufactured by HTC. The Google Pixel phone has a 5-inch 1080p display, and the Pixel XL has a 5.5-inch Quad HD display. And basically, the the rest of the stuff about the phones is identical. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Sean P. to give us a quick rundown of the specs, and then we'll talk about what we think about the phones. All right, so here's what we have. Uh, Both screens, first of all, are AMOLED, and they're Gorilla Glass 4. Um, Some people were complaining they're not Gorilla Glass 5, like the iPhone 7 and the Galaxy Note 7. But actually, the Gorilla Glass 5 is less shatterproof, but it's seems to be more prone to scratches, so Gorilla Glass 4 might actually not be a bad bet here. Um, Google quoted both of the phones as having Snapdragon 821 processors. Uh, interestingly, though, they had the clock speeds at 2.15 gigahertz for the high performance cores and then 1.6 for the low performance cores. I've been looking all over the internet and everyone's quoting these and no one seems to be questioning it, but it's weird to me. When the Snapdragon 821 was announced, the clock speeds were 2.34 for the high-end cores and 2.19, I believe, for the low-end cores. So I'm not sure if Google took the Snapdragon 821 and they underclocked it, which wouldn't be a first. They did this on the um, Nexus 7 2013 tablet. They had a uh, uh, Snapdragon S4 Pro, or excuse me, a Snapdragon S600 that they underclocked and called an S4 Pro. So I'm going to have to find more clarification on that, but I found it interesting because besides the clock speed bump, there's not really a huge difference between the Snapdragon 820 and the 821. So if it's underclocked, doesn't that basically make it a Snapdragon 820? I, I don't know. Um, we have 4 gig of DDR4 RAM. Um, we have 
32 gigabytes or 128 gigabytes of internal memory, no SD card. Uh, it came out from Android Police last night that um, it's using UFS 2.0 instead of eMMC memory. So this should actually be a significant bump in performance from the internal memory versus previous Nexus devices. That didn't get a lot of coverage yesterday, but it's definitely a nice perk. Um, we have a 2770 milliamp hour battery in the Pixel and a 3450 milliamp hour battery in Pixel XL. Both of them use a 12.3 megapixel IMX378 uh, rear camera. Uh, they don't have OIS. They're using something that I've seen branded as EIS, and it's using the internal gyro of the phone to keep the uh, camera aligned, if you will. Uh, they both have front-facing 8 megapixel camera cameras up front for selfies or whatever. And then you have the typical you know, fingerprint scanner, NFC, uh, USB Type-C, um, and that basically covers it. Both are available in the same three colors. We have quite black, very silver, and really blue. And uh, yeah, those are the actual names of the very, colors. Very imaginative on Google's part. In the interest of transparency, and hopefully to, to further our discussion a little bit, uh, I'm going to start um, by saying that everything that I've seen and read uh, on the internet about the coverage and after the event has pointed to pricing being the biggest concern with the Pixel phones. And quite honestly, there's a lot of uh, internet hate that's going on right now. Can you give us a quick rundown on the prices, Sean, for each of the Pixel and Pixel XL? All right, guys. So here's the pricing. The 5-inch Pixel 32 gigabyte starts at $649. The 128 gigabyte Pixel jumps up to $749. The 32 gigabyte Pixel XL is $769, and the top of the range model, the 128 gigabyte Pixel XL, is $869. So, for those of you that have been with us for a little while, you may remember our discussion around the Galaxy Note 7 and some of the consternation that came out because of its price point, uh, which we said it was definitely high, but could potentially be rationalized and justified by all of the all of the features that Samsung packed into the Note 7, uh, exploding battery concerns notwithstanding. Now, um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of internet hate going around about the Pixels. No one denies that the phones are high-end devices in terms of spec. Um, everyone that I have seen or has uh, posted a video online about these devices from Android Police to Android Authority to Droid Life, all of the, the Verge, all of the major players have said that the devices feel good in hand, they've got a great heft, they're well-balanced, um, they, they perform very, very well, at least under initial impressions. They're running Android 7.1, so the very latest version of Android, and uh, I've heard what has been described in the past is, you know, stock Android has gone away in favor of, you know, Google's vision of Android or the Google experience for Android or whatever. So we have a lot of high-end things in the phones, but everybody seems to be thinking that the price is, is absolutely not justified. Tell me, tell me what you think about the price point for the phones, Sean. I really do understand why people are upset about the price points of the phones. Um, historically, the Nexus line I would say the MO of the Nexus line has been pretty close to top-end specs for like mid-tier, high mid-tier pricing. But really when you look at the history of Nexus, it's really it's been both directions. Um, the Nexus 1 and the Nexus S both were $529, and the Galaxy Nexus 
was $649 for a 16 gig. And then you had the two really affordable ones. So you had the Nexus 4 and the Nexus 5, which were both $349. And that was kind of the turning point where people kind of started to expect that these phones were, you know, you're going to get top shelf specs, but the price was going to be low. Then the Nexus 6 came out and the 32 gigabyte started at $649 uh, and it went up from there. Um, last year we had the Nexus 5X, which started at $429. Uh, did I say 4X or 5X? 5X, $429. And then the Nexus 6P, which started at $499. So when you look at these prices overall, I would say you have a real mix of prices. You have, I would say, three or four of them that were, at the time, uh, very highly priced, flagship priced. And then you do have three or four of them that were more mid-range to maybe lower-end pricing for a flagship. I understand the expectation. I understand why people don't like it. So in a roundabout way, though, I read all of the impressions, all of the articles, watched all the videos, everything that you did, and all the people that actually used the phone yesterday, the impressions were very, very, very favorable. So is it worth it? I don't know. I was the guy saying the Note 7 wasn't worth it, and I still stand by $850 for a phone. Really is asking an awful lot. So on one hand, boy, they're pricey. But if you're looking at the 32 gigabyte Pixel XL for 769, I, you know, or even the, the 32 gigabyte Pixel for 649, I think you could make the argument they're appropriately priced. I mean, what else is out there? The HTC 10 launched in that same price range. Um, we saw the LG G5 launch in that same price range. I mean, this is what flagships cost. I think the top end ones are at the very tip top of the pricing. You're talking like Note 7 and iPhone 7 territory, but really it's kind of in line for what you're getting if you really want to talk about specs and everything else the pixel phones are above any of the other android flagships none of them have come with a snapdragon 821 in the united states yet they'll be the only phones coming out with that even the lg v20 that's going to come out around the same time frame is a snapdragon 820 um, you have upgraded internal memory four gig of ram you have a camera that dxomark gave the highest score in their history 89 points the ExoMark ratings aren't necessarily the end-all be-all for a camera, but from the impressions yesterday and the breakdown from them, it would seem to be that the camera's pretty damn good. So when you're looking at all these things, it's like, it's a pretty complete package. Um, the things that it's missing, I would say, are waterproofing. It doesn't, it's not really waterproof. And it doesn't have wireless charging. But other than that, it literally has flagship everything. And we haven't even covered the stuff that Google's throwing in. You get the Pixel Launcher, which is unique to the Pixel. You get unlimited storage of photos at their native resolution and videos. 24-hour um, support, and they kind of have that thing like you can do Mayday on the uh, Kindles where you know you can call someone and they can actually log in and see your screen and see what's going on. So when you put all of these things together, is it worth it? I don't know. Is any phone worth $850 plus? One could argue either way. Is it priced appropriately for what it has? I would argue it's at the very tip-top of the range, but it's offering the very tip-top of what's out there. So... I think it's priced afford, you know, appropriately. I was in a conversation thread over on Droid Life regarding uh, a Pixel phone, and 
somebody said uh, basically that they're going to wait two or three generations before they get a Pixel. They're incredibly underwhelmed by it. It's a pretty Nexus, but still lacking in functionality. Uh, no premium sound, no waterproofing, no IR port, no replaceable battery, no SD card slot. And basically comparing the Pixel being the iPhone of the Android world. Um, if you want a pretty phone, this is an actual quote, if you want a pretty phone that does half of what the rest do, get a Pixel or an iPhone. And so my response was something to the effect of, you know, hey, the Nexus 6P doesn't have any of the things that you were discussing in your earlier thread. And, you know, while I admit that the price point is much more in line with it not having any of those things, um, the 6P was hailed as one of the best Android phones around and the best Nexus phone ever produced. Um, so how would the Pixel really, Pixel really differ in any appreciable way when its RAM, storage speed, system on chip, display, and camera will all likely be better than the 6P? And the response to that was the 6P is basically just the toast of the town on, on Droid Life. It's a lesser phone than its rivals, just like the Pixel. And the person I was speaking with said they didn't mind a lesser phone, but it should be a Nexus and be 20% cheaper for 20% less. My response to that was... What rivals are you talking about? First of all, uh, if they meant by on this site, they meant the entire Android community, then that would be correct because, again, all of the major tech sites, The Verge, Droid Life, Android Authority, Android Police, all have the same opinion. The 6P is a terrific phone, and it performs incredibly well. If you throw out the iPhone, because it isn't actually an Android phone, what phones compare to the 6P? Mm, the Samsung Galaxy phones, maybe? Those were phones that were released in 2016, whereas the Nexus 6P was released in 2015. All of the other devices that were released, and I don't necessarily include the V20 because technically it hasn't been released yet, but all of the other phones of its generation are not rivals, and it was in fact cheaper than all of those at its various price points when it was released. So, uh, to me, I, I get, as you said, I, I get that people want a terrific phone for cheap, uh, and I think I tweeted this earlier today, and I'll read my exact quote for those of you that haven't yet followed us on Twitter. People seem to be very polarized by the pricing of the Google Pixel phones. Knowing that they are not Nexus products, why wouldn't there be a premium price point with premium materials and specs? All of the lower cost offerings, including the Honor 8, the ZTE Axon 7, and the OnePlus 3, all have some sort of compromise with their devices, either screen, camera quality, storage, or size options, to name a few. So why does the internet seem to think that Google is going to just give the Pixel phone away for $399? Several Nexus products were priced on the higher end as well, kind of as already Sean has touched upon. So in my mind, the only real outrage comes from, and I'll leave it to Sean Peter correct me if he thinks that I'm wrong. I, th I don't think people have a problem with the high-end price point of the phones. I think that people have a problem with Google pricing their products like they were a Galaxy phone or like they were an iPhone without necessarily having the cachet or the reputation of producing a high-end phone. I think what it seems to most people, from the ones that I've heard and read and, and followed on the internet, that they feel like Google has a reputation for just throwing junk out there and seeing what sticks. And in this instance, what they're trying to do is vertically align their hardware strategy so that their machine learning or machine intelligence in the form of Google Assistant can be leveraged across 
a wide variety of hardware platforms. And the only way that they can do that is to control everything, to control the software and control the hardware. So what they're trying to say is, hey, we made a high-end phone. All of the components cost a lot of money, and we want to make sure that we have control over everything. So we're going to put this bad boy out there, and it's going to cost a fair bit of money. And I think people are offended by the fact that Google has had the nerve or balls, if you will, to do that. Whereas Apple has always charged a premium for their prices, so people are used to it. And Samsung has been very aggressively pricing their phones for the last couple of years while also adding you know, an incredible design language and also an incredible amount of features. I think people think, don't think of Google in that way as a high-end product manufacturer. And so I think that they feel like these phones are overpriced because they don't really understand what it is that Google's trying to do with these products. It's not about selling a ton of phones because they may or may not even do that. Nobody knows. And at these price points, they may for sure almost not sell a lot of them. But if they sell enough that people will get into their ecosystem and then be convinced to look into purchasing things like Google Home or Google Wi-Fi and leverage the Google Assistant even more, that ultimately this is kind of the jumping off point for them to become this high-end hardware player. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, again, I get it. These phones are expensive. I understand why people are upset. I would say besides the price, the other thing that I see over and over again all over the internet is the um, bezels. People freak out about bezels. Yes, the bezels are not as small as some other competing phones. They're symmetrical, too. They did kind of what Apple did with the iPhone. So they have large bezels, but... Yeah, I was telling you this earlier, like I have an iPhone 6 and I've never once really sat there and gone, boy, these bezels are huge. I have a Note 5 and now I have a Note 7 and both of them have much smaller bezels and it's like in day-to-day use, yeah, the smaller bezels are great, but it's not like a deal breaker. I actually think the phone, it does look a little iPhone-esque and especially from the front and um, true. And the bezels are a little bit larger than some of the other flagships, but Really, I just don't think this is that big of a deal. I think people really overreact about this. And so, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's price. And at the end of the day, Google's trying something completely different than what they were doing before. There was a great article on The Verge uh, today. Um, Let me see if I can find the exact. And the article was entitled, The Pixel Phone is Exactly What We Wanted, So Of Course We're Unhappy. And this is, this is what we've been asking for. We wanted Google, through the years, as the Nexus phones usually get some kind of compromise, to get more involved and kind of be more heavy-handed with the design of the phone. And they did that this time. I mean, HTC is the partner, but by all accounts... Sam, or excuse me, Google was intimately involved with making the software and the hardware work, you know, in um, synchrony, synchro, uh, synchronized the hardware and the software in a really meaningful way that adds really something to the user experience. So, um, yes, it's expensive. If you don't like it, you do always have the option of not buying it. I mean, there are trade-in offers. Verizon's offering one. Um, I've seen other you know, deals out there. I think Best Buy's giving you like a gift card if you buy it. Look, they're expensive. Samsung's are expensive. Apple's are expensive. This is what's great about Android. If you don't want to buy them, you're under no obligation. You can buy a OnePlus 3, which is a fabulous phone, a ZTE Axon 7. You can buy uh, Honor 8. Um, there's a million Android phones out there, $400 or less, that are great phones, more than adequate. But Google is trying to compete with the Samsungs and the Apples of the world and move more to the, as Sean said, vertical integration of components and, you know, 
make the hardware and the software really work well together. And it, this is already bearing some fruit, right? I read a whole bunch of articles yesterday that said, this is the fastest Android phone that I've ever used. I read that in multiple places. The phone is just you know ridiculously fast. So yeah, it's expensive. I understand why people are mad. If you don't like it, don't buy it. You don't have to support it. But to your point too about the sales, it's interesting. A bunch of the SKUs are already sold out, not just here. The 128 gigabyte XL sold out in Canada, I was just reading. The really blue ones, I think, for the most part, and most of the SKUs are sold out. So people are buying these phones. I don't know. I think that there are a lot of folks that, um, and I'm not exactly sure where the, you know, we talk a lot about like, and we've discussed this before in previous pods, we're saying, oh, hey, um, what do you think of the design of the phone? And you'll respond to some of the effect of, eh, it's fine, it's not offensive, doesn't bother me, whatever. Like, people are offended by the fact that Google is releasing these phones at this price point. Like, I just don't understand where the uh, the rage and the hatred comes from. And I think in a lot of instances, probably the, the point of that article on The Verge is, is correct. Like, we've been clamoring for years for Google to build us a quality phone with high-end specs, and yet somehow we're expecting that all of those things come at, you know, a dirt-cheap price point when there are already dirt-cheap phones out there. The OnePlus 3 is a great dirt cheap phone and by dirt cheap I mean somewhere in the $400 price point range. The Honor 8 also by Huawei is another great phone that comes in at a very respectable price point. These phones don't have the same features that are going to be in the Pixel phone. Not to mention what most people are really invested in the Nexus program or were really invested in the Nexus program for was timely Android updates. These other OEMs are known, in some instances like Motorola, extremely well known for not providing Android updates to your devices. So people get around that by buying an unlocked Nexus phone and Google gets you your updates in a timely fashion and off you go, Bob's your uncle, you're happy. So Google is still promising all of these things with the Pixel phones. They're delivering... Uh, by all reports, and again, until we get our hands on one, we won't know for sure, but they're delivering a premium level product, which has, at this point, as far as we can tell, some of the very best, if not the very best of everything. And yet, somehow, this this uh, should be done by Google for free or next to free because they, I don't know, are in the business of giving away money or in the business of not doing something to make a profit. I mean, I think, and we touched on this in a a previous podcast about what Google might be doing by taking over the hardware arm of HTC for these phones and potentially doing things like maybe even manufacturing the own phones. I read a article earlier today that said that it's been confirmed that Google's actually looking towards building their own silicon for inside the next generation of Pixel phones. They're looking at actually making customized system on chips for their phones. So they're really starting to move into a space where they are uh, more than just a search company, more than just an investment and venture capital firm from Google Ventures. Like they are turning into an organization that has an actual business strategy with the devices that they're producing. Now, when we say Google and the words actual business strategy in the same sentence, most people probably laugh. Like, I'm not going to lie. The the long-running joke of Google is, again, their famous 
maybe notorious for producing devices that never see the light of day or are look amazing and, and just never go anywhere. Does anyone remember the Nexus Q? Probably not because it was never released. So these kinds of things are 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 comments and critiques that people have been making for years about Google. And when they pivot as an entity and say, hey, we've decided that you guys are all right and we're um, we're tired and done with just randomly coming up with crap and throwing it out there and see what hits, although they sold, what, something like in the neighborhood of 30 million Chromecasts or something like that. Yeah. So it's its most successful piece of hardware ever, which is a $35 dongle, which looks like a hockey puck. But they've they're basically saying with this enterprise strategy, we're, we're done with the throwing out the crap and seeing what works strategy. We're trying to build something that aligns with our entire product line in terms of a mobile device, and we're going to give you the best of everything that we could find at the time. And people are still pissed. So to those people, I've got one comment. Don't buy it. You don't like it? If you think that by not giving Google your you know, $649 or whatever, that they're going to go out of business, you're wrong. Um, Google is sitting on a mountain of cash, could care less what you think, and they're going to market their phones the way that they market the phones, and they want to sell the phones the way that they want to sell the phones. Now, if you want to beef with up about them having a Verizon exclusive or about the fact that the really blue color is a limited edition, you can't get your hands on it, well, then fine. You can make those arguments. But to the people who are making the arguments that Google shouldn't price these phones at what they're priced at, uh, simply because they're used to getting cheaper products, go out and buy a cheaper phone. There are tons of options out there. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah, look, I think we're beating this dead horse. I'll take a slightly less aggressive uh, stance than you and say this. You're right, if you hate it, you shouldn't buy it right off the bat, but I would also say this. You should really wait to get your hands on the phone before making a judgment. I've really tried to break myself of the habit of judging a phone on specs and just reading things on it. I try to really reserve judgment until I actually have it in my hand and check it out for the most part. You know, we, we give impressions. We did it after the iPhone 1 of kind of like what we think it's going to be like. But I really try not to recommend phones or, you know, on the flip side, not recommend phones unless I've actually used it. So this is one of those things where if you think you're going to hate it, don't buy it right now. Um, the good news here is for the first time, well, semi-first time in a long time, um, they partnered up with Verizon as an actual carrier that's going to have the Pixel. So you're going to be able to go into the store and check it out if you want, even if you're on another carrier. So yeah, I mean, look, it's expensive. Is it justifiable? I don't know. Are any of these phones justifiable? You could probably make arguments either way. Does it have the specs to play with the big boys and the overall big picture checklist of items that it covers? I would say yes, it does. Um, I don't quite understand all the anger. I think maybe people are getting a little bit too upset over a smartphone, for God's sake. But it's a shift, and don't buy one right now. Go check it out in a store. See if you like it. Maybe it'll change your mind. Long term, I think the strategy will pay dividends for Google. I think we're going to get better hardware as a result. Uh, look, anytime anyone, you know, when Google comes out with this, it's going to challenge everyone else to step up their game. So this is good. This is like when Apple really came on the scene and everyone stepped up their game, and now we have a whole variety of great phones. And... The other thing here, too, is like, look, the online community, the great thing about the internet, it gives everyone a voice. The horrible thing about the internet, it gives everyone a voice. So True that. On the Android subreddit, which tends to be kind of a lion's den anyway, yeah, there's a lot of hate um, in, in a lot of the comment sections of these sites. But it's like, again, the people that have used the phone, it's been pretty glowing from what I've seen so far. And really... 
the haters come out on all of the phones, and you can like you can focus on aspects of any phone and pick it out, you know, pick it to pieces if you want. iPhones, Samsungs, whatever, you name it. You can find something that you don't like and you can pick it apart. I was laughing even as we're having this pod. I was looking at you know the Android subreddit, and someone's like, the OnePlus Three is now the new enthusiast phone, not Nexus, not Pixel. And the first comments are, too bad they aren't compatible with CDMA and don't have an SD card slaughter removable battery and don't come in a smaller form factor. So it's like, no matter what you throw out there, people will find reasons to not like it. These phones are expensive, there's no doubt, but I would say long-term, give Google a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. The strategy makes sense to me, I think. And go try them out. And, you know, look, here's the other piece of good news. Nexus phones historically have price drops pretty like regularly or sales or things that happen. I imagine we'll see cheaper version of the Pixels within the next couple months. And if they're great phones, you know, maybe you can pick one up for $50 off or $100 off in the not so distant future. So give it a chance, people. I agree. And it seems, and you know, Google's not going to announce what they have available in every color and every size and every storage um, option for the Pixels. But um, as of right now, the Pixel XL in very silver is sold out of both storage capacities. It is sold out in the quite black of the 128 gigabyte storage capacity, and the limited edition blue is also sold out of uh, the 32 gig version, and I guess it didn't come in 128 gig. So um, in the regular Pixel, the 5-inch side, 5 inch size, excuse me, uh, it is sold out of the 32 gig version in quite black. It's available in both sizes and in really blue. It is also sold out of the 32 gigabyte version. So people are out there buying these phones right now, pre-ordering these phones, if you will. And again, I I tend to agree with Sean P. Um, You don't like it, don't buy it. And if you want to make an informed decision, go out, check it out in a store and then decide for yourself if you think it's worth your cash. Um, the same argument can be made of the Note 7. The same argument can be made of the iPhone 7 Plus uh, with its, you know, approaching a $1,000 price tag in some options and some storage configurations. So, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of different things to like and, and dislike about each of those devices as well. So um, I'm eager to find out what the devices can and can't do. And I'm hopeful that if we don't get one in-house really soon, that we'll be able to go out and uh, test it in in a live environment at a Best Buy or something like that. And, and then we'll report back after we've had a chance to get some hands-on time with it. Hopefully a, uh, hopefully a full review will be forthcoming as well. So anything we haven't touched on uh, in the Pixel or Pixel XL before we sign off? Uh, one thing that I would just say is a minor freaking miracle. I am going to throw this out there. You can hate on Google all the, you want for price. But they managed to get a phone on Verizon without any Verizon branding on it, which, as far as I know, is a trick that only Apple has ever managed before. Um, so, I mean, hell, they even put a tramp stamp on the Nexus 6, I believe. So, hey, not perfect, but that's impressive, right? That's a, a, a remarkable achievement in and of itself. And... Uh if you've listened to the pod before, you'll know that we're not really huge fans of Verizon. So anything, anything that Google or any OEM, for that matter, can do to leverage it against Verizon, Verizon, we are in favor of. Um, 
there was something else that I wanted to mention, and I can't think of what it is right now. Uh, I am I'm very interested to see what the Pixel phone will become for Google. Um, I'm hoping it's the start of something big. Um, it remains to be seen whether or not uh, these phones will be able to be bootloader unlocked. Um, the rumor floating around right now is that the answer to that question is no. Well, the Verizon variant, it was confirmed earlier today, as much as you can confirm these things, is not bootloader unlockable and will have a couple of Verizon apps on it. Um, but that is a big deal, and for Nexus people, that's like sacrilege, I know. But you can buy an unlocked one for the same price from Google that solves that problem that works on Verizon. So you'll have options again. To me, this isn't the end of the world, but uh, I digress. Oh, the uh, the thing I was going to mention is Google is offering Google Store financing. So if you have a hard time with coming up out of pocket for the Pixel or Pixel XL and you're interested in it, uh, you can get financing from Google if you qualify the um Stores, both Verizon and Best Buy, probably also have financing programs, so or installment plan, installment payment plans at least. So uh, these these expensive phones can be financed, much like any other expensive phone can be financed. And you know, if you don't have the cash, then there are plenty of other good options out there. They're just not as good, maybe, but that remains to be seen. And we do have we have what a thirty two gig. What do you have on the way? Uh, I believe a 32 gig Pixel XL will be on its way to us very soon. So the good news here too is we're going to know pretty quick. I, I actually bought a um, from Singapore um, an Exynos variant of the Note 7, so I have that in hand. Um, Sean has a Nexus 6P. Um, his wife has a Galaxy S7 that's a Snapdragon variant. So we really kind of have the gambit of flagships, and we'll be able to really kind of put them through the paces and see what's what here. But I have a really strong feeling that the Pixel XL is going to acquit itself quite well. I, I almost wonder if we'll like it better than the others, but we'll see. One other thing before we sign off, um, we mentioned this before in one of the Rumor Roundup podcasts that the only thing that Google could do to really shoot themselves in the foot is basically do what LG did with the V20 and that's announce the phone and then not sell it or not give a date as when it will ship. Good on you, Google. You made the announcement. Pre-orders were available the same day. The phones will ship in two weeks, beginning in two weeks. So that I think is, is probably as much of a win as Google could actually hope for. If the phone sells out or not, great. Who knows? Maybe they made, I don't know, 50 of each one and that's why they sold out. But you know what? If you can pre-order a phone and get it in a couple weeks, I think that's a win for the manufacturer. So that's that's a really good thing. Yeah, overall, not bad. It, they're expensive. I understand the hate, but keep an open mind, guys. Check them out. Get your hands on them. Read the reviews. We'll make some decisions after that, right? Absolutely. And we'll definitely have a full review up of both the Note 7 and the Pixel XL as soon as it becomes available. So here ends part one of the Silicon Theory podcast regarding the Google event. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Silicon Theory. Check out all of our musings at silicontheory.com and look for part two of this podcast coming soon. And we will talk to you again very soon. We'll do it again soon, guys.